As entrepreneurs, we want to make a huge difference. And in today's episode, I'm going to share with you how you can do it. Yeah, we all know capital markets work. You know, the more value we create for other people, we're going to do well. That's the enlightened self-interest. It works exceptionally well. But one of the things we hear over and over again, and I've said it many times, is focus, focus, focus. Because as entrepreneurs, we, you know, particularly as you have more and more success, what happens is there's more and more opportunities. And what I want to do today is do something a little bit different. I want to introduce you to a remarkable entrepreneur who's an attorney. He's a, you know, he's really a fellow entrepreneur. He's been in a number of businesses and they all kind of complement each other. And he's doing what many of us as business owners want to do. What we do when we, we do the research, we find that, you know, 88% of us want to make, you know, become seriously wealthy. Now, that sounds like we all want to be greedy. That's not what we're talking about. We want to accumulate wealth so we can take care of the people that we love and the causes we care about. Well, this entrepreneur, he's doing it and he's doing it extremely effectively. We want to look at how can we turn the challenges that we have into complementary businesses that allow us to accelerate our success even more. I'm John Bowen, CEO of AES Nation, and we're gonna help you accelerate. Stay tuned, you do not wanna miss this. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard, watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com. David, I am so excited to have you. Jessica Rhodes of Interview Connections introduced us and told me what you were doing. A remarkable entrepreneur making a big difference with your clients in a number of businesses, as well as really in the causes you care about. And uh, first of all, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, John. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Well, you know, it's kind of fun. We're, we're both Californians now. Uh, I'm up in Silicon Valley. You're down in San Diego. Beautiful spots. It stopped raining for a bit, so we were able to have this conversation. Yeah. But yeah, what I'm looking for, Stephen, is, you know, you are doing a bunch of things. And when I, you know, I get a bio package from the interview connections and I'm looking at it and I'm going, wow, you know, you know, give me a little bit of backstory before we talk about you know the different businesses you have and how you actually make them work. So you're do, you know because I know how important it is for you for client experience making a big difference. You know how did you get to where you are today? I mean you didn't wake up with the idea of having you know a whole bunch of different businesses when you were at five, did you? Um, no, no, no. It slowly evolved. It's it's more of a growth progress and a, a process. But again, I only have four businesses. You know, I look at other people, and you know, one of my clients, he's actually younger than I am. He's got eight. Well, but it's, and some of the billionaires have 500. So you and I are just getting started, I guess. Yeah, I have four, too. Warm up. Um, but I get bored quite rapidly. Um, and so if you're, you know, in a business and you're going in for uh, vertical stratification, yeah, everything's kind of similar, blah, blah, blah. After a while, you know, the entrepreneur, and I started at 13, literally, the entrepreneur at heart, we're not necessarily looking to make something to make us wealthier. We're looking for something, um, as you stated, you know, where we want to give to causes or help our families, but also something that challenges us. And as you get older, 
you've learned so much more and you're like, yeah, I want to tackle this with these eyes rather than with what I what I knew when I was 30 years younger. No, it really is. And I mean, one of the things that I love and, you know, I want to hear how you do it, Stephen. But what, one of the things that I do, you know, as I think about businesses and I do it on an annual basis and uh, uh, I, I, it's just every year I, I kind of look at, you know, I've got good solid foundation businesses. Our biggest business right now is coaching top financial advisors and it generates, you know, very, you know, nice lifestyle and we're able, because we're able to make such a big difference at the, you know, all the private banker uh, elite wealth managers. But I'm always looking to kind of do something new that keeps it interesting. I always say, what's going to motivate me to dedicate about 20% of my time to something that's really challenging? I mean, so that, that's a process that I go through. I want, to have, I want to keep my foundation going. I want it to keep working to be systemic and all that. But I want to have these kind of interesting, almost like uh, you know, up here in Silicon Valley, we call it skunk works, Lockheed. You, know, you kind of separate it out. You try it. It's a little messy sausage being made. How do you go about that, you know, coming together? Well, you know, I'm not sure how to answer that, how you go about it, because I'm not sure exactly what you're asking me, but I, I will comment on this, because uh, your enthusiasm for how you're just explaining it uh, brought this to light. You know, when you're doing something different, it's not just the company that's different. It's not just the business model, the core competence. The people you meet, for example, you know, the people I meet um, as a business lawyer, and the people I meet in my fashion company, or my film production company. Those are three different types of people. And I live in three different worlds. And my attitude has always been, you know, life is a buffet. Whatever you don't take from it, you don't go to God and say, why didn't you do this, this, and that? And he said, well, guess what? I gave you this, this, and that opportunity. You know how the old joke goes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, then it's my fault. So, okay, let's give it a try. Let's see. Let's see what, what drives me. It doesn't mean I'm less interested in law because I love fashion. It just means I want to explore this world, and it interests me like crazy, to be honest. Well, and one of the things that I think is so important that you brought up, Stephen, that is really powerful is, you know, as we try new things, uh, I always call it strategic stumbling because we're, we're trying new things. You know, we hopefully have thought it through. It's something that, you know, we're passionate about. We see that it complements our businesses. We, you know, we have the resources to do it, to try it. We're going to do it kind of a minimum viable product type thing. And we're gonna let the market tell us whether it's working. But almost every time I do that, um, something else happens. And it's not you know, the, the great business plan you put together, you know, in writing or in uh, your mind, it doesn't play out. And, you know, one of the things I'd be interested to hear, you know, I mean, when we talk about the very different businesses you had, like when I was doing the background, you know, looking at it, I mean, I look at all the things you've done. I mean, you've got your core business, your law firm, but you're, you're, you're making some pretty good looking ties, too. I, I don't know any. I know a lot of attorneys, Stephen, that, you know, don't have a fashion sense, too, let alone have a business. And then, you know, you're you're you're, you know, I'm looking at the, the, the different production companies. I did work in the entertainment side. You know, I've always been in the financial. So I worked with uh, you know, both in front and behind you know, the the talent uh, and behind the camera, you know, some of the most successful people I had the chance to manage really billions of dollars. And it's that's a different world too. I mean, I think of the law, the entertainment, fashion, you know, how did this kind of, this stumbling go about to get you in each of these areas? Well, 
and then, you know, you're so right about the stomachs. I didn't even want to be a lawyer. I have a degree in biochemistry and experimental genetics. Why yeah, that's you... the perfect pre-law program there. <laughs> that's right into the rest of my story. Let me, hang on, let me find if I have any medication to yeah. calm all this down. So um, I, I, I started business very young. Then I got quite serious by the time I was 18. And my lawyers, though, were taking forever to create contracts. And as a result, I was losing out on good business deals. So I said, you know, this makes no sense. Let me go be a lawyer and I can make, because I'm a quick decision maker. I'll analyze everything doo -doo 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 -doo, and move on. And uh, and I'll make my um, make my own decisions and, and, and draft the contracts. Little did I know, though, part of the deal is you're charging somebody 40 years ago or 30 years ago um, 5000 for a contract, you can't give it to him in 24 hours, it doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah. So from there, uh, you know, I wanted to be a lawyer, uh, I'm sorry, I wanted to be a doctor, so I uh, originally didn't get into med school, I only applied to one school, had a great average, but uh, had missed out on a 24-hour fill-in-the-page exam where they changed physics to nuclear physics the year I took it. One question kept me out, so I said, enough of this, went to law school, um, and um, from there, I, I practiced law, uh, and then probably, God, I don't know how many years ago, seven, eight years ago, I really got crazy about dogs. It was sometime after 2000, because I'd studied in Boston, then I became a, uh, a business consultant. really wanted to get my business skills mm -hmm. down, because I put CEOs, even a Fortune 500 companies in my office. I want to speak their language, and trust me, as you know, if you don't get yourself educated and keep reading, you're going to be so far behind in months. So um, I, I then got really passionate about dogs. I had a client call me once, and you know, we did pro bono work, fifteen thousand per lawyer, mm -hmm. my firm. Um, and I got, you know, most of my business is over the phone. I can tell you what's up with your voice. You know, after a while, you just read, and, and I knew there was something wrong. And I said, what's up? And he said, nothing. I said, look, this conversation is not taking place. And I said, tell me, what's up? And uh, he said, I had a difficult decision to make this morning. Send my kids to school with lunch every day, pay my rent for the month, or send my dog to a vet who's been with us since he was born and is a member of the family for the last 12 years. And to hear his voice crackle just put shivers up my spine. And I, I said, good God, I've got to be able to do something about this. That went on to a stumble. Um, I started doing events in San Diego, kind of high-end events to raise money for dogs. Because I don't have, uh, you know, these people who write $100,000 checks, they didn't know who I was. And a third of the people kept wanting to get in free because they knew me. It ended up being a waste of my time, to be honest. And I said, you know, if I'm spending that much time, and I was able to carve out that much of my spare time, because regrettably I never had children in my life, um, so being divorced, I have more time than if I had a family to run. I said, what can I do that has sustainability? So that's when I thought about, hmm, what do I like to do? And so uh, I had created a, I'm a high level negotiator. I've done kidnappings, extortion, blackmail, that kind of stuff. And I, uh, I created a six hour program on making relationships work um, using negotiation strategy, resolves issues in a week called Relationship Sign of One. And then I said, you know, I put my eggs in one basket one time before when I created a program on U.S. immigration law. 
and I lost a lot of money. We all have those. So I said, no, 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 this time I'm not building them up yeah, and hope they- Well, we want to fail fast on these things, and sometimes it, it just takes a while, uh, type thing. And, uh, and so I, uh, I saw there was, a, there was room for a relationship program uh, everywhere. I, I belong to the ERA, the uh, Electronic Retail Association, wonderful people and they deal with infomercials and kind of see what's going on and, been no, that's, and that's one of the, I, mean, I want to come back to the networking and the groups but that's one of, there's an awful lot of successful individuals in that group oh my god yes <laughs> yeah they should rent private planes to go to the meetings in Vegas so anyway uh, went from there I said to myself this time I'm gonna have a backup company for two reasons and this kind of ties into our conversation one reason you know, just like playing the stock market. You know, one stock could be up, one could be down, they balance each other out. I didn't want everything in one company again, because that, that hurts a lot, that stings. So I said, I gotta, I wanna open up another company um, for that purpose, but also for the purpose of economies of scale. The things that you're gonna need if you're looking at internet sales are gonna be very similar. It's a Pareto 80-20 rule. So if I can leverage my team to take the same templates and say, use this for this, use this for that, da da da. I only have to deal with the 20% that's unique, and that means learning. And I love learning. You know, I have a thirst for knowledge. And, well, one thing, if it wasn't for the dogs, and I'll explain that in a second, I don't think I'd ever be going to techie conferences. I'm just I'm flying to one next, uh, next Sunday um, uh, in Las Vegas as well. But um, I decided to. Um, to uh, to run these two companies like fashion ended up again a stumbling block a fashion designer calls me and says look do you have any jobs in fashion I'm like no I do fashion shows for dogs I don't know anybody in fashion and he says well uh, I don't have money I need a job and run I said look I've always said it since Mr. Versace died I said you know the ties have become a little bit conservative uh, overall in the market and I loved his ties I love Johnny's ties and he was my inspiration and uh I said, somebody needs to do something um, and come out and really spend time creating a number of ties that we can wear. Because either your watch, which today, you know, this is everybody's watch. Right. <laughs> I got one of those two yeah. here. Let me show it here. Right. Yeah, working? I mean, uh, I've got all these very expensive watches we were talking about the other day. And they're in the closet. I'm wearing an Apple watch that keeps better time than any of the Rolexes or anything else that I have. It does a lot more than just time. I mean, yeah. this is it. So you can even take a call on the bloody thing. So that, your belt, your shoes. And even your shoes, you have to be careful. So, you know, tie, watch, belt is about it if you want to be respected by the mainstream. So I thought, you know, let's do something with ties. And we um, designed 20 ties, and, and we, we made it in three different sizes. Because I cut mine, you know, shorter to fit me perfectly. Another friend of mine who's six five. Yeah. He has problems finding them. Well, I'm six three, and I have to go a little longer, and I have to tie it just right to get the balance. I don't wear yeah. ties very much, as we were talking about before we turned on the camera. But it was always, you know, I'd ask my wife; she was great at getting stuff for me, and you know, to get the the longer ties because it is a problem. We don't all come in the same shapes, <laughs> right? And so we're the first company to make every single design in three sizes. And we, since I'm five seven, we call them tall. Taller and tallest, <laughs> accordingly. And um, and in the tall one, you'd be happy to know it's six inches long, or the tallest is six inches longer than standard. And our slogan is: size doesn't matter, 
fit does. Yeah, very much. And, and so tell me, do you now are you selling these online or how, how do you market that? Because, you know, that, I mean, that's one of the things, you know, we, we started kind of the segment with the idea that these, you know, we have this core business and you've got this successful law practice, you're focused on business and you're, you're in a beautiful spot, San Diego, you're doing a number of other you know, businesses along with it. And this Taiwan came out of your passion. You, you know, I'd call it strategic stumbling. This guy shows up in life, somebody else passed away that, you know, unbelievable design person, my wife would tell me. And, you know, so, so how, what do you, you know, so you come up with the idea, you know, how, how do you bring that out to the world though? Uh, well, back to conferences and learning. You know, I, I'm learning right now how to create a brand out of it. And we started out uh, with some interesting, um, <laughs> again, I, I love to study, I, I, you know, even our, in our law firm, we're big on researching everything. And so studying how best to do it. And I looked at um, Pirelli or Benetton. They actually use nudes um, to take out their lines. Now, who thought tires, nudes? And of course, my car has Pirelli tires. I think they're, they're one of the best in the world. They're outstanding. I would have never thought that's uh, how All they, my cars have Pirelli tires, too. They, so, they, yeah. also, they are the best when it's wet. Like, you know, if you have slick roads or something, just corner like crazy. So anyway, long story short, um, we decided to do um, a number of um, of uh, nudes, but very tasteful. Like you don't see nipples, you don't see anything, uh, you know, that you shouldn't see with our ties and then clever little quotes um, uh, along with them. And what's nice in our social media, people have started um, passing them along in, in Instagram or Pinterest, sharing them with their friends. So slowly it's getting the name out. And then, of course, um, I'm going to be setting up an, a law firm office in LA um, so that I can be closer, closer to the fashion industry there because right now my only connection is in Milan, so it's a long flight. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, maybe hosting some events so that people get to know us. Uh, we're going to a conference in March in Orlando. Uh, well, March, I mean, two weeks <laughs> in Orlando uh, for duty free. Because um, one of my uh, venture capital friends, for example, he says when he goes to Japan, it's traditional to bring a gift. So, so let, let me ask you, I'm going to bring it back to kind of the big picture for a second. And, and but I mean, this is a real good discussion because this is, you know, when I almost feel like, Stephen, you know, we should be having a glass of wine and we're out, you know, admiring the sunset and kind of talking about these really exciting things. I mean, something you're passionate about. I love business. I love creating structure. I love delivering value. And the, the challenge, and this is what I'd like to get your thoughts on is, you know, you've got this core business that's you know, really delivering value to the law firm and you got to keep that running. But you got these side interests and you've got, I mean, you're, we're actually a lot alike in that I love learning. I mean, I'm, you know, the next, uh, I spend 100,000 a year in mastermind groups or conferences, a little over that. So, I mean, you know, and I, and I, I really love having somebody who's walked the path before me and that I can look. I mean, there's a lot of guys like in the ERA, I'm not a member of that. I've got a couple of friends and I just, they recently had a meeting and you know, he's sharing with me all the, 
you know, these guys, I thought we were doing well. They're, they're a bunch of guys. You know, I flew back in one of the guys' Gulfstream jets to L.A., and he's doing $200 million and he's feeling like he's not doing very much. Very well. <laughs> yeah. And this is where, and it's primarily infomercial type, uh, you're the biggest winners. But, you know, this is where, you know, the strategic stumbling of putting yourself in the line of money, you know, seeing what these people are doing, or, you know, particularly when we want to do that, um, yeah, because you know, the real world, very few of us, you know, are that brilliant that there's, you know, if you look at see how somebody's doing it, you can make a big difference. But how do you balance, Stephen? You know, kind of the core business. You know, I always think of it. You know, that's got to be eighty percent and twenty percent is kind of this other stuff. But how do you balance that? Be, you know, to keep things moving. There are two ways. Um, once one, I'm a big believer in the work hard, play hard. So um, I don't have the balance that you know most families would have. Mm -hmm. So if I'm uh, if I'm playing and if I take a week off, fly to Milan, do this, do that, do that, or fly to wherever, you know that's traveling usually is my escape. Mm -hmm. But by the same token, I can work you know a uh, I don't know eighty hundred hour work week and do that two or three weeks in a row. And so sometimes you know um, I'm you know I'm out dating, busy, this, this, and that. And sometimes my companies need what I need, and thank God I have the time, um, and I just devote it. The second thing, you know, a lot of people have told me, I get this all the time when people look me up on the internet, and uh, they've hired our law firm, and they say, well, wait a second, how are you gonna help me with my case when you're designing ties, and you're talking uh, on your blog about your relationships, this and that, like, you know, who are you? Well, at the end of the day, well, and you're taking care of all these dogs too. I mean, you you got relationships, you've got business, you've got you know fashion, and you really got some causes you care about, and that's where you know. So I mean, that's really it's a full life, and I mean, and one of the things I think when people say they have balance, they're full of it. It's usually if you can have harmony during different parts of your life, it's kind of all. But yeah, how do you manage that? Well, you know, the, first, the, the I'm going to bifurcate the answer. One is, you know, they say if you enjoy what you do, you're not really working. When I'm working on Relationships 901 or when I'm working on um, on Antonio Stefano, the Thai company, that's play for me. I, mean, I used to play polo, but I had two very severe injuries. And after 12 years of that gorgeous sport, you know, time to take a break. Um, but um, you know, this now is my is my pleasure. So it it, it is relaxing. I, I don't consider anything I do for Antonio Stefano as work, and more importantly, I'm doing it for the dog. So it's even more so um, a pleasure. But in terms of law, you know, with all the con now, you do masterminds, which is fantastic. I wish I had the time and money to to do what you're doing at your level. But um, I go to more to educational conferences because you know I'm involved in a few things I have to learn so much and keep up um, you know I'm here to serve my clients as a business lawyer and the more I speak their language and get their needs um, I think that makes me a better lawyer um, I don't um, you know I, I don't do you know the core discovery or this or that for litigation uh, there's a lot of things I don't do for two reasons one I'm the most expensive lawyer in my firm and secondly it'd be a waste of time I do the strategic stuff because that's all that interests me. So I'm only in a case five or ten percent, but I'm that five or ten percent which will kick butt. Send, we say send my client to Skydollar return fire with a tomahawk. Don't mess with us, and we're serious. 
that's what you need. You need to guide your people who are working with you into that, you know, wartime mode. That's what I do. Or when it comes to immigration, when we have some really, really complex cases and we're trying to, because we do cases for 80 law firms as well. So we're on the cutting edge and I'm trying to decide, you know, what would happen if I did this and what would happen if I did that? That's when I commit. The rest of the stuff I'm just every day, you know, reading the updates and staying on top of it. I speed read and I speed type. It doesn't take long to, to do well, that. And one of the things, Stephen, what I find too is that, you know, that little piece that you're talking about, that extra 5% or so that you do. I mean, this is us, you know, and I, I do it with my firms too, is, you know, we're providing the leadership, we're providing the vision, we're providing that little missing thing that to really go and accelerate it and make it happen. That's, that's where it really comes together. And this is, you know, as we're all building businesses, it's, it's so important. I look at businesses, business is all about, you know, it's, we don't do business to get more business. We do business to design, you know, the business is going to support the quality of life that we want. And that's what we want to do is design the business on purpose to be successful. And each of us has different things that we want to accomplish. Stephen, when, when you think of, you know, you go through and, and, and as you're experimenting, do you see now that you're, um, are these uh, you know kind of the four entities or when I, you know, you and I get together for that glass of wine three years from now, will there be six? Well, I, no, most likely, you know, the next three years or so, I probably will retire from law and work with Relationships 901 and Antonio Stefano exclusively. Um, I'll keep the film production company because you always need uh, a film production company with today's internet and with all the video blogs we do, et cetera, et cetera. And it's kind of fun. I, I, I love it. But um, so I think that's what I'm going to do full time because really my goal, which I don't think I mentioned to you, so in that glass of wine, I would have told you the following. I'm trying to raise $20 million with these two companies, Relationships and the, uh, the clothing line, to build a for-profit diagnostic and dental intensive dog hospital which then devotes 100% of its profits to a circumference of uh, dog shelters that get abused and abandoned dogs. And there they'll get free diagnostic, free major surgery, and even free grooming. So they come out, you know, what they deserve. So, because that's my passion at the end of the day, it's the abused and abandoned dog. And why would you do it as a for-profit? I actually like that, but just why a for-profit versus a not-for-profit? Because it gives me a lot of flexibility. Um, you know, there are a lot of rules around not-for-profits. There are also a lot of critics I learned in running, you know, I have a 501c3 for the dog. My good God, it's hard to please everybody. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, I want to advertise, I want to do this. Uh, you know, as a for-profit, first of all, I think if I have the best diagnostic equipment money can buy and the latest and an OR that, that will put most human ORs to shame, then I can aff aff afford, I can get some of the best doctors in the country. Which means if we have an abuse and abandoned dog and there's an experimental surgery that you or I as regular humans say, yeah, I can't afford 100,000 or 50,000. I as a hospital can, I get the doctor wholesale, right? Doesn't matter to me and if the OR isn't being used, it's free. So, so to speak, if you know what I mean. But um, at the end of the day, we can do things in developing new techniques. So um, 
uh, getting back to, God, I forgot your question. I got so caught up in the answer. Um, well, no, for-profit versus not for-profit. For, for profit. So I have, thank you. So the um, it gives me the flexibility to do all of this without having to answer to anybody. I mean, me as a hospital, obviously we'll have a board and all of that. But I'm saying as a for-profit, you made the decision, execute. I'm not into this, you know, let's take 10, 10 days and decide all of this and have votes. We can do it. We want to market this way. We want to spend this much. We do it. And then also it gives flexibility. Let's say I find an angel who says to me, you know, Stephen, make it an LLC. I need some tax write-offs. I'll invest X amount because I want to be part of the 51% of the profit. You interested? I can say yes. In a not-for-profit, I can't say, I can't do anything. No, it, it does give you a lot more flexibility. And, and I really like, I mean, one of the things that we see among, um, you know, we have the privilege of working with so many successful business owners. and. Over and over again, uh, as they're having success, and we talked about this, and you alluded to it, is it's not all about numbers. I mean, you know, you, we'll study the super rich, five hundred million and above, and you know, and there's there are certain things to make five hundred million and above that you need to do. One is you got to be totally focused on achieving extreme wealth, which usually destroys families. I mean, you know, and I go on all the different things that we've seen and and most of us, you know, we'd like to have that wealth, but we're not willing to do what you need to do to get there. And what, but what we do have is we, we want to make a difference and it's not, you know, we wanna make a difference and deliver a great value to our clients. And that's the nice thing about markets is, you know, we get that feedback instantly. But what, what was really, um, to me, empowering is that 70% of the successful business owners have causes they care about and they're, they're passionate about, just like you are, Stephen, that, you know, and it's not what I, I think people, and particularly the charities, if there's any uh, charities involved, I mean, you know, they're oftentimes playing to the guilt to give back and that, that doesn't work with entrepreneurs. What they wanna do, and, and that's why I like the idea of setting up as a for-profit, because you can be much more deliberate, you can go make a difference, and you can really run it as a business versus you know have the, the group think uh, that sometimes gets into trouble. And, and, and Stephen, one of the things that I would encourage everyone to, to really think about, you know, what I like, you're being successful on purpose. This, you know, as you go through, you know, the different periods of your life, you know, there's a conscious decision of how you want to build, you know, the businesses that you care about, you know, and, and if you decide a few years to leave the law firm, you already know the next, what the next, you know, you've already written the beginning of the chapter. You don't know how it's gonna turn out yet, but you, you can turn the page and you're, you're gonna find out what that is. And that's what we should all do. Well, you know, I, I completely agree with you. And, and that's where I hope that some of your um, very successful entrepreneurs are, are finding some resonance with what you and I are saying here, because you know, what I found in the stratification of the, of the companies that, I, that, I, that I've chosen, um, you know, as I, met, I alluded to earlier, the people that I've met in each of these different areas, either dog lovers, fashionistas, actors and actresses, producers, and then all of my lovely clients in the law firm, they're all different. And as a result, we get to experience a different, literally a different world in their presence. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that makes all of it fun, especially law, which to me, yeah, it's not the most exciting in professions, to be honest. It's my clients. You know, half of them become my friends. We get each other. You know, we don't even have to speak. Got it. He opens, you know, two words. Got it. So we're, you know what I mean? We're on the same page. And so you, when you're with burning entrepreneurs, you know, it's crazy good. 
No, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, you know, we're all wired a little weird, particularly business people, and bringing them together. There's a lot of value creation. You know, what what I'd like to do, I, I want to. Um, you know, we have a segment we call resources, Stephen, and and what I'd like to do, and let me pull it up here. I'm gonna pull up your. I'm gonna start with your style, your your fashion uh, website. And let me pull up and, you know, I'd love to have, I'm putting it on the screen. You describe what this business is. Um, it's funny, I looked at this and I was trying to remember the building. It's in Milan, isn't it, the, this picture? Yes, yeah. it is. It's, yeah, uh, I, I, my, the, only, the last time I bought a silk tie was in Milan. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, I mean, beautiful fashion there, the whole thing. Tell us a little bit about you know, what this business is and anyone that is uh, watching or listening. And for those of you driving, don't try to hold up your iPhone and look at the picture. You know, go to uh, right above me, I have AESNation.com. Go to the link, we'll have the transcript of what Steve and I have talked about, all the links of everything that we've referred to. But tell, tell me a little bit about this business and what's on the website. Well, um, right now we have our 20 ties. Um, so we started out with that because I feel there's a need in the market for it. Um, the next step, we've created a beautiful lady silk robe with our Leopardo, uh, or Jaguar, sorry. No, no, hang on, Leopardo. <laughs> I tried the Jaguar, I, I, I paint the leopard. The leopard design, I'm getting confused with these cats. And, and we created a, a beautiful ladies bathroom. So that's going to open us up into the women's line. So what we're trying to do is to tread carefully. I don't want to get in here and compete with all the major players in all the same things they do because there's no way I can compete with Versace or Mez or Yves Saint Laurent and all of these major houses and the major stuff. But I can find areas where I feel there's room for something different. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to dress the man who says, you know what, I got to wear a tie, but I want to look cool doing it. So my tie can be worn by a rapper who's 25, could be worn by a CEO who wants to come in and command the room. Even, so Even a 61-year-old guy like me, I can't rap at all here. <laughs> I, can't, I can't sing to save my life. <laughs> well, let me tell you, let's, I'm gonna put up the law firm's uh, website. Tell us a little bit about you know, uh, what your focus is there. There, it's the, the, the business side of it because I'm a member of the California Bar, a lot of um, immigration lawyers tend to only do immigration. And we started out doing immigration and business law, but I focused more on immigration because it was so bloody complex and so much to know. And uh, But so, and litigation kept on growing because that's, that's where we got a lot of business from people I knew who were entrepreneurs. Um, and then I, in 2000, I went to Boston, studied strategic management at Harvard, and became a Fortune 500 business consultant to really, really get business. The reason I mentioned the immigration side was because mostly we deal with foreign investors. They come in here, and I experienced this five years ago when I moved to Rome for a year. You don't know anything, and you don't know what you don't know, like really badly. And I get what it's like coming to this country. You have no clue. You, I mean, it, it's, it's hard. And here, in our beautiful California, the sixth largest economy in the world, we have more laws, I think, than either 99 or 100 percent of the countries on the planet. I think it's 110% of the... <laughs> it's incredible. So even I don't know, well, of course I don't. I mean, I'm not a machine and you're expected to know all of this. You know, like I had a client came to me, he's been in business 20 years. He said, I didn't know you have to have workers' compensation. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we help them 
on both the business side, and that's why we have the uh, film production company. You see, create videos for the internet, or if they're they're trying to create a presentation, we help them do this. We help them find staff, locations, this that. We have about three thousand contacts here, and about fifteen hundred in LA. I, I've lived there three times, of different things, different people who get things done with integrity, um, and so we help them get their business moving. So in a way, I get to what's the word vicariously live through because everybody loves the beginning of a business when when that train starts rolling i live with them get them started and then you know they call me when they need me when something goes badly but otherwise they're off in the way so that's what that's all about no that's great steven let me go and share with the uh, listeners and viewers kind of my key takeaways of this and i think this is this is something that's really important for all of us is the you know, the, it's so easy as we have more success and, you know, to kind of get bored with our businesses. And there's nothing worse than a bored entrepreneur. They can screw up businesses left and right. And one of the things, you know, we've had with Steven, Steven's been sharing, you know, how he's addressed. I gave a little bit of how I did, but, you know, recognize these challenges are oftentimes opportunities. And, you know, what are that, as you're going through business as strategic stumbling, you want to be opportunistic, particularly if it's aligned with your passions and, you know, take in some percentage, make a conscious decision. I like use a 20% rule and, you know, kind of incrementally do it. Uh, I, I just uh, got an interview that I'm going to be posting a little bit later, one of the top global players, and he's just now swing for the fence with the 20, he's a big global, and he's done unbelievably well. But you know, recognize, you know, challenge number one, strategic stumbling is really powerful. As you go out, what happens is, you know, as you meet more people, the people, you, you know, Stephen was saying he's meet, and I've got the privilege, you know, all these CEO groups, mastermind groups, and the businesses I have, you know, when you have those conversations, stuff happens. There's strategic stumbling, if you will. And there's a strategic byproducts that come out and they can be some of the biggest successes you'd ever have. Uh, you know, I love, uh, you know, work hard, play hard. Very powerful. Uh, I'm a big believer. I wish there was a secret I could give to everybody. Every piece of research most successful people do what unsuccessful people aren't willing to do, which is work. But you can still play hard, too. And then, you know, really, um, you know, in everything that Stephen talked about, he talked about serving people, making a difference in, in, the, in the causes he cares about. But the biggest thing, and this is something that's so important, is we're building a business to support the quality of life, be successful on purpose. Stephen, again, thank you for the time today. It's phenomenal. I, I really wish you the best of success in everything that you do going forward. You've already done so much. And then I encourage everyone, go to AES Nation. Uh, you can get the transcript, the links to Stephen's websites. And most importantly, go execute on this. Go make a difference on, you know, for the people you love and the causes that you care about. Make it happen. Thank you so much, Sean. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com.